In this episode, I talk about the new Legend of Zelda video game, Tears of the Kingdom. I talk about the Muppets Mayhem and new music from the new pornographers and Ed Sheeran. McGuire the Cat is zoomy as all get out. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hey there, checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek, coming to you from a day in St. Louis that really could have been anything. Uh, I was out briefly this morning, uh, but I spent most of the day inside, working from home, and I haven't really been out since. My uh, car went back into the shop. I have no idea what the day was like outside, is all I'm saying. My car went into the shop again. Uh, It was in the shop last week. It went in Wednesday of last week for a full engine flush because for some reason there was sludge in my engine. I took it in for an oil change because it was time for one. Uh, And actually time for one. Like I wasn't over. It was just time for one. So I took it in and got for, for the oil change. And the instant oil change place said, Hey, you've got so much sludge in your engine that that's all that's coming out. There's not even oil on the dipstick. There's just sludge. So you need to... You need a full engine flush, and we don't do that here. So I took it to my shop, and I told them what happened, and they did an engine flush. And uh, I got two days of life out of the car, and it started stalling on me when I would put it into drive. Oddly, not when I put it into reverse, but when I put it into drive. it, it you know I, I hit the gas, and it stalls out. And that could be anything. Uh, given that it's happening while I'm hitting the gas, I'm going to guess fuel injection, but... I mean, a, a car stalling could be anything from the air filter is clogged to, you know, who knows what. But So it's back in the shop, less than a week later. I need a new car, I think. Need to need to figure out what I want and, you know, something that's going to last a little longer. I got this thing in, what, 2020? 2021? It must have been 21. Got it in 2021. I don't even think I've had it for two years. And it's already been in the shop five, six times. Don't uh, don't buy a used car from someone that you know is also a preacher. That just he's leaning into the stereotype for a reason. Um, so that's going on, and that's frustrating. I I get uh, I get kind of worked up when uh, you know when when I don't have a car. For the obvious reasons, because, you know, it's nice to be able to go places, get groceries, that kind of thing. I actually took it light on getting groceries when I did, because I thought I'd have a car. So I'm I'm running low on groceries already. Uh, and I'm not going to have my car for a couple of days. The shop that I go to closes on the weekends, for some reason, both Saturday and Sunday. So they're always behind on Monday. Uh, but they're a good shop, uh, I think. Unless they're the reason the engine had sludge in it. I don't know. Uh, probably not. I've got a friend who has a similar-aged Chevrolet that he's driving around, and he's having exactly the same problems that I am right now, so that's kind of interesting. Um, 
What the hell was I saying? Uh, oh, I, 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 uh, I, 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 I like having a car just for the sake of being able to go places and do things, and like the necessity of that, especially in St. Louis, where everything is a half hour away and we don't have good public transportation. Uh, it's, it's, I, I need a car for, for that, but I also get really nervous at night because I live in a house by myself and it's a one car situation and there's not a, a car in my driveway when I, when I have it in the shop. It's just an empty driveway and that makes me nervous, especially overnight because, you know, Crime is always on the rise. There have been break-ins in this neighborhood in the not-too-distant past, probably this week, for all I know, but uh, that makes me nervous that the house looks like there's no one home. So when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to leave the TV on, like in the living room, and leave it turned up a little and lights on, so that if somebody breaks in, maybe they'll hear the TV and leave. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm paranoid about that kind of thing, man. And I think justifiably so in 2023 in St. Louis. I think that's not a bad thing to be, but uh, I, I don't know. I just I've I've considered I've considered having like a uh, really cheap you know junker car that's worth like a thousand dollars, so the property tax isn't bad. Uh, I've I've thought about buying one of those and just kind of putting you know plates on it, driving it around the block once a week and just leaving it parked in the driveway, and having my regular car that I drive around, and, you know, like, that's my normal car. I've thought about doing that, just so there's always a car in the driveway. Or even just a broken-down car that doesn't have to move as long as it's got a plate on it. Even if the plate is expired, at least it's a car in the driveway. You know, and it looks like someone's home. These are the things I think about. So I'm a little paranoid right now, and I'm a little pissed off that this is going to cost me more money, and... That's just frustrating, especially with my birthday around the corner. It's not fun to spend a bunch of money on, like, near your birthday. My birthday's May 29th. It's Memorial Day this year, so early happy birthday to me, I guess. We won't, uh, we won't have another show up before then, so uh, send your happy birthday greetings to my uh, uh, email address at db at com and anything else you want to send me there. Um... I should have, that would have been a perfect transition into doing the websites, but I'm not going to. That was just the email. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm bummed out about my car and I'm angry about my car and, and I, I want a new car. I want an actual new car. Like I, I would like a financial windfall, a financial windfall that doesn't require anybody I love to die. Uh, I would like a financial windfall to the tune of I can get a new car. You know, and like a new car, like a 2023 or 2022 or 2021, just something after 2020, 2022 now, I would like that age of car because it's probably going to last for a little while and, uh, uh, and I won't know what to do with a car that actually works. You know, <laughs> that's all I want. So that's, that's kind of where we are right now. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the last episode the Fab 15 TV show themes that Dave and I did, that your Papa Dave and your uh, Uncle Derek did. Uh, he's leaning into that, by the way. I, I gave him the I, uh, I, I gave him the nickname of Papa Dave, thinking that he would absolutely reject it immediately. He's leaning in. He's all in on that. Um, well, <laughs> you're, I, whoops, you know, but he's, that's, that's his nickname for the show now. He's Papa Dave. I'm your Uncle Derek. Uh, your uncle is the guy whose show it is. Uh, <laughs> your papa just shows up occasionally. That's uh, that's where we are. 
but yeah, I, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I had a lot of fun doing it. We learned a lot. Uh, Dave got a nickname. We learned a lot about TV show and TV and, and our viewing habits and stuff like that. And it was a, I think it was a good talk. I think it was a good talk. Really enjoyed that one. We'll be doing another Fab 15 in the not-too-distant future. I think it's my turn to pick the topic, and I haven't yet, so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get on that, and I'll keep you guys posted as, uh, as I do. Um, if you like the, uh, if you like the show, and who wouldn't, uh, with, with gripping dialogue such as I've just given you, if you like the show, there are some websites you can check out. The show itself has a blogspot page at what? Those words were not in the right order. The show, uh, if you like it, has a companion blog. That's how it goes. I'm very tired these days, folks. I'm so sorry. There's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com with a lot of stuff written up in pictures and stuff like that. The show itself is hosted at podbean.com. Uh, fuck, that's not how I say that. I'm so tired. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. Enjoy my relationship with Podbean. It's available on all of the popular apps, the streaming apps, including the one you're listening to it on now. If it's not at the one that you want, let me know. The odds are it was there and somebody changed a rule and didn't tell me. Uh, if you like me and want to know more about me and especially my music career, go over to derekbrink.com. Uh, speaking of my music career, the whole catalog of my music is downloadable at uh, derekbrink.bandcamp.com. It's downloadable for free. Just enter zero as your purchase price, and you can have it. I won't even know that you took it. Don't collect your email, anything like that. I would just love it if you loved it. I feel like I haven't done one of these website things in a long time. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know the word order anymore. Uh, there's also an email address I already mentioned, db at derekbrink.com. That's my initials, at derekbrink.com. And uh, I answer the people who are not mean in their emails. So, uh, uh, so there. That's all, uh, that's all that stuff. I do have one more thing here that I want to say in the intro. Uh, it's a little, uh, I guess, kind of announcement. Uh, I, 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 not really announcement. I'm, not, I'm breaking no news here. But it's, I, I, I want to offer my congratulations to a friend of the show. Last week, friend of the show, Jim Oosley, uh, announced through his social media that the comic book that is still being released, The Atonement Bell, which you should really check out, check out, like Google The Atonement Bell and you'll, you'll find it. Uh, I had Jim on the show and we talked about The Atonement Bell not, not terribly long ago. I'll, I'll link to that on the blog. Uh, Jim announced that The Atonement Bell is up for an Eisner Award. If you don't know what an Eisner Award is, it's one of the top honors that you can get in the comic book world. It's basically it's basically the Academy Awards of comic books. It's up for best uh, new title, I believe, is what it is. Uh, Jim's up for an Eisner. That's <laughs> that was my cat Jonko playing with the box because he knows I'm saying something that means something to me. So he he wants in. Hi, Johnny. Uh. Jim's up for an Eisner Award. That's an incredible achievement in and of itself for a guy who has worked for a very long time and has, you know, seen varying levels of success. There's stuff that he's done that absolutely nobody's read except for, like, a couple of people. There's stuff that he's done that has been huge all over the place. He's doing something now that's really cool and really cool for the city of St. Louis, wrapping in our history and, and stuff like that, and... Uh, he's, 
He's writing a really cool horror comic that isn't uh, isn't so terrifying that it's gonna like make you sleep with a gun under the pillow or anything like that. But it's it's got a nice little chill to it, and it's you know. I mean, there there are some of you out there that it'll freak out pretty bad, but, I mean, me, I'm just like, ooh, I, what happens next? You know, that's where I am with it, and I think that's where most of you will be. It's got, uh, it, it leans more on the suspense than the horror, I think, and more on the intrigue than the horror, but that's just a personal opinion. Uh, we're on issue three of four. The fourth one comes out soon, and I'm really looking forward to that. He's writing this awesome comic, and it's it's getting the attention that he's deserved for a very, very long time. He's up for an Eisner, man. And he better win it. <laughs> like, he, he deserves to win it. Uh, if he doesn't win it, I'm, I'm still, I still feel the same about him. I still feel the same about his work, and whoever won it, I'm sure, is great too. But he, 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 he should win it. Like, Jim deserves an Eisner Award. Um, Jim's been my friend for a long time. Uh, Jim, if you listen to the show, uh, I'm so fucking proud of you, man. I'm so fucking proud of you. Congratulations just on, just on being nominated, man. I know that, I know that that's a cliche that, you know, the the real honor is just being nominated. I, okay, that, that is actually true. That's a huge honor. That said, I really hope you win, (laughs) but dude... You've worked your ass off for years, and people are seeing it. And I'm so proud of you. I've seen it for a long time. I was in long before the Eisner people <laughs> got their hooks into you. I've, I've, I've been a fan for a while, but uh, uh, it's, it's so cool to see, you, to see you getting this kind of attention, Jim, if you're listening. And if you're not listening, somebody pass this along to Jim. That's so cool. That's just so fucking cool. That's so fucking cool. Uh, sorry I'm swearing so much. I'm making up for the last episode, the the 15 that Dave and I did. I didn't say a single curse word. I don't know if anybody noticed that. I set out a challenge for myself to see if I could get through the whole thing without swearing, and I did it. So I just made up for it, I think, in the start of this episode, uh, praising my friend Jim Oosley. He's written an awesome comic book. He's written a bunch of awesome comic books, but this one's... Uh, uh, I, I, I like everything I've read of his, but this one, even to me, who is already a fan, this one feels special, and it's being viewed as special by people in, uh, very, very significant places, and Jim deserves that, he deserves the attention, uh, I don't, you know, I don't even know if he wants this, but, like, this, this should be what Jim does, this should just be what he does, he should just be a creator, because he's great at it. Like, this should just be what he does, and I hope he kind of... If he wants that, I hope he gets it out of it. If he doesn't want that, then I hope he gets the uh, acclaim and the achievement and is able to kind of keep going with whatever makes him happy, you know? It's not a question I've thought to ask him. Hey, do you want to (laughs) be able to just live off this? That's not a question that comes up between friends, usually. Uh, But, I mean, whatever. He's, He's... Achieving a dream right now. How many people get to say that? I don't get to say that. Most of you listening probably don't get to say that. Jim is achieving a dream right now and and is up for an Eisner Award. That's so cool. Jim, congratulations. I just wanted to sing your praises here for a little bit. Folks at home, if you have not checked out the Atonement Bell, get in on it. 
Go to your comic book stores and ask for it. Go to the internet and look it up and, and find it and order it. It's awesome. There's going to be a trade version that comes out. Pick up the trade, if nothing else. It's a great read, written by a great guy who deserves all of the acclaim that he can possibly get, and more. And uh, let's try and get him some money for it, too, all right? Jim, congratulations. Really, really proud of you. Folks, we've got a little bit of a show ahead of us here, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to keep going here in the in the intro. We're going to play the music and whatnot, but I I assure you that I could do a full hour on just how proud I am of Jim Moosley. It's a great achievement that he's got going on right now, up for his Eisner Award, that I really hope he gets. I and Jim, I, I the the second you get that award, I want to book you back on the show and just have you talk about the experience. I I just want to hear you. I want to hear you gloat <laughs> the second that you get that award, which you will never do because you're too nice of a guy. But I want to, I want to give you the opportunity to gloat. Uh, so the second that happens, get on my show, man. Uh, I could do a whole hour just on Jim. I've done a whole hour just on Jim with him in the room before, so you guys know that's true. Uh, check him out. Trust me. Now, uh, we'll see if uh, Jonko will stop digging in his box over here and interrupting Daddy's show, buddy. We'll see if he'll uh, let us get through this one. And uh, uh, even, if he, even if he keeps digging, I think we're going to have a good time. Whatever I may say, and I say a lot, I'll give you all my day. Took a while to get here, didn't it? There's so much time we made. We have a lot to talk about here tonight, Checkmates, or this morning, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're all over the place in this episode, in fact. I'm going to start by talking about something that I should say in advance if you're a gamer and you have not yet played The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. That's what we're going to be talking about. Spoilers. Spoilers all over this. I'm, I'm going to be spoiling major plot points in this in this game. So if you don't want to know what you're in for, uh, skip ahead. Like, look at the time index that's on the description on whatever you're listening this, to this on. And uh, skip ahead. Like, spoilers, 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 spoilers on Tears of the Kingdom. If you are also playing and probably already know this stuff, or if you don't really care, you know, that's... Then listen on. The biggest release probably this year is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. The sequel to the wildly popular, wildly successful, hailed as a masterpiece, Breath of the Wild. I loved Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite games. I, I have called it a masterpiece. It's one of the few 10 out of 10 gaming experiences of my life. Once I started playing it, I never really stopped playing it. And here's the thing. I don't... Historically, I don't like Zelda games. I've, I'm not a Legend of Zelda fan. Like, from the time I was a kid and the first Zelda game came out, I started playing it and went, this is... Way too complicated, way too difficult, way too nonlinear. Why can't they just 
let me run around and jump on stuff or hit it with, you know, a hammer or whatever. And, you know, why can't it just be a standard platformer? This is hard. I don't like it. That's always been how I felt about Zelda. And then we got to Breath of the Wild. And I went in knowing that I don't like Zelda games. And I started playing it thinking, this is way too non-linear. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> this is hard. I don't like it, is how I started. And then I started figuring out what I was supposed to be doing. And then I found out through playing that that, oh, it turns out I really like side quests. I really like just kind of being in a world and doing dumb stuff that a villager asks me to do. That's, that's a lot of fun for me. And that game has tons of that to offer. And I kept playing, and I got sucked into the story. The story of that one basically is just we got to figure out where Zelda is, and we got to defeat... Uh, Ganon and the uh, who's taken over the castle. That's that's the basic story of that. Very simple, very straightforward. You have one task when the game starts, and that's defeat Ganon, and uh, that works very well in a big open world adventure like that, where you can do absolutely anything that is there to be done. Just run around and do stuff, and eventually you go. Well, maybe I should visit the plot of this game, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> and defeat the bad guy, you know. Uh, that's, that, that's the experience of Breath of the Wild. It's, I, I really got into it, and I started having a lot of fun. I started collecting different armor and different weapons and, and going for achievements. I 100%ed the shrines, and I got a whole bunch of the Kor uh, Korok seeds, although not, not near all of them. There's, like, something like a thousand of them or something in that game. And I, I... I have a lot of time, but I don't have that much time. Uh, but there are people out there who have done it, so congratulations to you. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I fell in love with Breath of the Wild. It's one of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. And like from a Mario guy, that's saying a lot. Uh, so I was excited for Tears of the Kingdom, knowing it can't possibly be as good. You know, <laughs> like it's it, when you're dealing with a 10 out of 10 masterpiece and then they put out part two... It's never going to be as good. There are some exceptions to that over time. I think all of the Lord of the Rings franchise holds up. You know, stuff like that. But, uh, uh, you know, I picked it up with some hesitancy going, well, I, I'm sure it'll feel similar, but it's not going to be exactly the same. And I'm still playing the one that I like. Like, <laughs> sorry, Jonko with his cardboard box is just... He's decided this is the time to be, <laughs> to be active. Uh, I, I, I figured the new one, Tears of the Kingdom, would be similar and have a similar vibe, but, you know, who knows if I'll end up liking it or not. And uh, I'm largely right about that. It's got a very similar vibe. It feels very Breath of the Wild. It's, you know, it, it, it feels like the sequel to that game on the same platform and the same engine. It feels, it feels very much the same. In a lot of ways. But the stuff that they changed is uh, significant. Now you you don't have the same abilities that you had in the same game because apparently Link forgot how to do all of that. Uh, you have to reopen all parts of the map because apparently Link forgot the terrain. Uh, stuff like that that you know, is something that you should reasonably expect to have to deal with in a in a new game. Like, you should have to deal with, okay, obviously, obviously I'm not going to come into it powered up in the same way that I was in the previous game by the time I was done with that. 
by the time I was done with that, I had all the hearts, I had all the stamina, I had all the, you know, achievements that I could possibly ask to have. I defeated, I defeated Ganon, I had all of the power-ups and stuff. I can't expect to come in into the new game with all of that. Obviously. You know? Uh, so that's, I mean, that's fair enough. It's a little frustrating, it's a little bit irritating that, well... Why doesn't he have the same abilities? Like, why did he forget how to do all of that? Why did he forget the map? That's dumb. Like, he's been... Like, up until the start of this game, he's been defending that kingdom and helping to build it up and stuff, and now he just doesn't remember where anything is? That's stupid. And that is stupid. You shouldn't have to re-unlock all of the map. But you do, and I get it. But... Come on, you know? And I was surprised by how much disappeared from it. I mean, all of the old towers are gone, and we've got entirely new towers for some reason. Uh, the Guardians are gone, which the Guardians were a big part of the previous game. I'm, I keep hoping I'm going to bump into, like, one weird, rando, lone Guardian and have to fight it for old time's sake. I'm, I'm still hoping that'll happen. Who knows? But uh, I'm, I'm not done with the game yet. I've, I've gotten kind of deep into the story, but I actually haven't taken on the four major quests that you're supposed to take on. Actually, I think five, because uh, I think there's one that uh, they don't want you to know about when you look at the map, but I'm not 100% sure on that yet. Uh, but I haven't taken on the major quests yet. I've just been doing stuff in town, and, and uh, I've been taking on the Dragon's Tears quest, which I'll get into in a second. But the stuff that works for me works, but the, the other thing that they changed is with the new abilities that, that they give you, because they don't go back to any of the old abilities except for swinging a sword around, they've given you the ability to build stuff. They have just random lumber and, you know, engines and things laying around the kingdom haphazardly. Who knows what the hell happened there? Somebody just <laughs> tossed a bunch of stuff out into the air. There's sort of an in-game ex explanation for it, but it's dumb. Uh, there's just all this stuff around, and you've got to build carts, and you've got to build flying machines, and you've got to build cars and things like that, and I don't like that. I, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that they assumed that I would like that. I know what happened. The Zelda people had a huge hit on their hands, and they looked at the other franchise of the company in Mario, and found that Mario Maker, Super Mario Maker, was the biggest thing Mario has ever done for some reason, and they said, oh, we should do Super Zelda Maker, and that's what they did with Tears of the Kingdom. You can build whatever you want with the Zelda background. It's Super Zelda Maker. I get it. I understand why they did it. I understand why people like it. I don't like it. I don't like building shit. I want to run around and hit a guy with a sword until he dies. That's what I want to do in a game, because that's what a game is. I, I, <laughs> if I want to build something... I'll take a woodworking class. I don't want to have to learn this shit in a video game. Uh, and it's not as hard as a woodworking class. I know that, but I, I, you know, I just find it frustrating on that level. I don't like having to do that. Which means I don't really love this game. I'm still playing it. I'm playing the hell out of it. My free time is virtually dedicated to Zelda right now because it's still has enough of that Breath of the Wild feel that I'm enjoying that aspect of it, but I really could just still be playing Breath of the Wild and doing side quests in that, because that's all I'm doing in Tears of the Kingdom, really. Now, Tears of the Kingdom goes beyond 
the confines of Breath of the Wild, they've added new layers to it. On Breath of the Wild, you're dealing with just the Kingdom of Hyrule, just the land, basically. In Tears of the Kingdom, you've also got a sky element. There's ruins in the sky that you can fly around to and figure out puzzles there and stuff like that, and and the castle's up in the sky. I'm sure at some point I've got to fight somebody in that. If I don't, then it's dumb that it's up there. But, uh, <laughs> like, there, there's that. Um, and there's also the depths, which is underneath the land that you're familiar with from Breath of the Wild. It's a dark, dimly lit, like, hellscape with a bunch of crazy crap that jumps out at you. And that's, you know, there's some kind of kind of jump-scary stuff that happens in the depths, and that's a big part of the game. So it's expanded in that way, and I basically like that. I don't really enjoy the aspect of the depths, just because, like, I don't... I don't play games for the jump scares and for the scary stuff. I play it for the challenge, you know? And I don't need... I don't need it to be scary. I don't need it to be intense. I just need it to be a challenge, you know? So... In a game that is nothing but solving puzzles, nothing but challenges, they also added a scare element that I don't fully understand. But at least there doesn't seem to be any big spiders in it yet. Thankfully, uh, there's at least one franchise not doing spiders right now, even though it's a franchise that is that historically has done spiders. Doesn't seem to be one in this game that I've encountered yet, and I'm thankful for that. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't love the depths, but the sky stuff is, is interesting and fun. Um... But, so, there's, you know, the, the basic mechanics of the game, I guess is what I'm talking about so far. There's stuff I like, there's stuff I don't. Ultimately, I don't love that, but I also don't hate it, and it's also keeping me playing. But I almost stopped when I got to a certain point in the story. Because the story is not as simple as the previous time. The story is now you're investigating under the castle with Zelda to figure out what's going on down there because weird stuff's been happening. And you come across the seemingly dead body of what we now know as Ganon, or Ganondorf as he's known for most of the game. Uh, I don't know why that's what he is. I'm sure there's a reason in Zelda lore that he's not just Ganon and is instead Ganondorf. I'm sure there's a reason for that, but I don't know. Uh, because I've never liked Zelda until Breath of the Wild. Uh, but you find what is supposedly, what you assume at first is the corpse of him that reanimates and he's this scary thing. And Link gets hit by gloom, which is a supernatural thing, which is basically the malice from the first game. But they're calling it gloom now and it's a different color. Uh, and it uh, uh, saps away his uh, his hearts that you've you start the game with full hearts full powers and all that it's it saps away his hearts and powers that's how they explain it that you're coming into to a new game and you've got to start with three hearts and no powers okay fair uh but it, it that's what happens you know the ganon dwarf uh reanimates and then strips your powers and your hearts from you and you wake up an indeterminate amount of time later in the sky uh having been uh, treated by the spirit of a god from the past. Just accept that. And you've got a new magic arm that he's grafted onto you because your previous arm was badly damaged and he had to amputate it and replace it with his own arm. 
This is already dumb. Uh, but so you've got a new god hand that that's where all of your powers come from, all of your new powers that you're learning how to wield in this game. Fine, whatever. Uh, that happens. In the course of that, Zelda disappears. We don't know what happened to Zelda. Now I'm getting into real spoiler territory. What happened to Zelda is she was sent back in time to the time of the founding of the land of Hyrule and meets the original founders and king and queen of Hyrule, one of whom looks suspiciously like her, but they don't really follow up on that. Uh, but the, she meets them, and she uh, uh, gets into their confidence and stuff like that, and Ganondorf in his original form is raising trouble with them and causing problems and becoming the extreme evil and uh, kills the queen at one point. And probably kills the king. I don't actually remember if that happens. But Zelda wants to get back to the present to help Link so that he can defeat Ganondorf in the future rather than in the past, which would have helped everybody. Uh, but anyway, she wants to get she wants to get to the future rather than bringing him to the past, which would make more sense. Uh, time travel always sucks. Time travel always sucks in stuff like this. Exceptions to Doctor Who. That might be the only uh, time. Uh, Doctor Who and Futurama. You know what? Those are the two. Those are the two that I will allow time travel. Time travel sucks in everything else. It just does. It sucks. And it sucks in this. But anyway, she's in the past. And uh, the king is dead. The queen is dead. I think the king is dead. It doesn't matter. People are either dead or they suck. And she finds out that if she swallows one of the stones that are giving all of them their powers, go with that, I guess... Uh, one of the stones that are making them gods, I guess, if she swallows that, then she'll become an immortal dragon. I'm just going to let you sit with that for a second. She'll become an immortal dragon. But to do so means she will lose herself, but she'll be a dragon, and she'll live forever. So, uh, she... Oh, I forgot to tell you, the Master Sword, Link's sword, that doesn't last for shit in the game and is just kind of pointless, but it has to be in the game because the Master Sword is in the Legend of the Legend of Zelda. It's in the Bible of the Legend of Zelda. Uh, the Master Sword and in the initial co confrontation with Ganondorf gets broken, and Zelda somehow uh, ends up with the Master Sword because of time travel and Link putting it into a bright light when he wakes up. John's running around the room. He's mad, too. Uh, she, she has the Master Sword back in the old days and, uh, swallows the stone that, uh, 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 she has and, uh, that supposedly unleashes all of her magic powers and she can regenerate the Master Sword, uh, which ends up embedded in the back of her head when she's a dragon. We don't know how that happens. We don't know why that happens. We don't know why that her becoming a dragon means that she can heal the Master Sword. Uh, but that's, that's what happens. She, uh, yeah, she becomes a dragon with the Master Sword embedded in the back of her head. And Link has to go all over Hyrule finding different flashes of memories so that he can get all this story to find out that his girlfriend is a dragon now. And then he sees his girlfriend dragon. And, uh, you have to get up on her back and, uh, pry the Master Sword out of her head. And you need two bars of stamina to do that, so you have to beat a bunch of shrines first. Which is the part of the game that they're hoping you think is fun. Which I typically think is fun, but now you gotta build shit! Uh, so you gotta... 
mount your dragon girlfriend, there's no other way to say that, and uh, pull the sword out of her head in order to, I don't know, have the master sword, which you don't even really need in the game, because it's, it's, it, it runs out of power all the time. Uh, that's dumb. That whole plot is dumb. I beat that part of the game. I, I, I got all the memories and I, I pulled the sword out of her head. So I, I pulled the master sword out of my dragon girlfriend's head. And when I got to that point where I was like, ah, oh, she's a fucking dragon now. I was like, well, so now I don't care if Ganon kills my dragon girlfriend anymore. Because she's a fucking dragon and doesn't even know who she is. Which I guess if anybody listening to this is considering dating me, that's the line for me, is if you become an immortal dragon who no longer knows who I am and have a sword stuck in your head, I'm not gonna try to pull the sword out, sorry. I'm not gonna learn how to do a bunch of magic god stuff so I can get on your back and pull a sword out of your head to then go defeat a guy who didn't really do anything to me, uh, and who you no longer remember because you're a fucking dragon. Uh, apparently that's the line for me, anybody who's considering dating me. So that's, that's what we learned. I got to that point in the game, I got the Master Sword, and I went, well, I feel like I've done all that's worth doing in this game. <laughs> I feel like I've, uh, this plot is so dumb. Like, that's so dumb. She becomes a dragon. That's, maybe in the Asian culture that this whole thing sprung out of in the Nintendo world, maybe that's a much bigger deal than it is. Me sitting in St. Louis, Missouri... That's dumb. She became a dragon. And that's that's the end of that story. Now, there is uh, uh, Impa, the wise old priestess or whatnot, uh, says, Oh, well, there's no way back from becoming a dragon. Unless, hmm, maybe I should go research this. And then you don't see her again until presumably the end of the game when Zelda comes back to being Zelda. I'm sure that's going to happen and it's supposed to buy back my trust and my faith and confidence in this dumb, 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 dumb story. But it's so dumb. It's so dumb. I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens to Zelda anymore. It's just dumb. So that's how I feel about the story. Breath of the Wild kept it vague, kept it loose. All you had to do was find Zelda. Everybody was happy. Find Zelda, defeat Ganon. That's the entire story. This one, she turns into a dragon. And you've got to pull the sword out of the dragon's head. And I guess defeat Ganon at some point and... Maybe she won't be a dragon, but that doesn't seem like a big plot point to anybody in the game. Uh, so... That sucks. That's stupid. That's dumb. And they're making me build shit I don't want to build. That said, still playing it. Still playing it a lot. Still spending all my time playing it for the aspects that feel like Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was a 10 out of 10. Perfect. Wonderful masterpiece of a game. And I don't say that about hardly anything. That was a masterpiece... Perfect game. 10 out of 10. Tears of the Kingdom. I hate the plot. I hate building stuff. It's about a 5. Maybe a 4. I'm playing it for the stuff that still feels like Breath of the Wild. Which is enough to keep me playing. But I don't feel any need to complete the story. I don't feel any need to fight Ganon. Even when I beat Ganon, I'm just gonna go back to the rest of the world and run around completing fetch quests for people, and... I, 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 I really could have just kept 
playing Breath of the Wild and not spent the 70 bucks. You know? So, uh, yeah. Four, five out of ten for Tears of the Kingdom. I think the most fun that I had with it was buying it, because I went into my local Target the day after it came out, and the kid behind the counter, and by kid I mean he might have been 16, behind the counter, eventually looked up at me, <laughs> and I said, hey, I'd like to, because it's behind glass, you know, I said, hey, I'd like to buy a video game, and he kind of looks me up and down and says, new Zelda game? I said, uh, yeah, you sound a lot of them? He said, guys that look like you. And I stood there for a second, because I didn't know what to do with that information. What I did is I said, oh, okay. And he handed me the game, and I went to the checkout. But, like, I'm pretty sure I got bullied by a 15-year-old for buying a video game that he didn't like. I'm pretty sure that's what happened in that Target, which is kind of funny. Like, that made me laugh when I kind of realized, when I walked away from it, realized that... A little prick just bullied me. <laughs> and, like, I kind of realized that. I was like, I could... Like, because I'm, I'm 42, and, like, you know, it's been a long time since I've been bullied for liking a video game. Like, the last time that, w that happened, I was probably 15. And, like, I always kind of thought, if I could go back in time to 15-year-old Derek being bullied, being picked on by the other kids, I would tell him, it's all right, buddy. And let me show you why it's going to be all right. And I would just turn around to those teenagers and just pummel them. Just reduce them to dust in front of 15-year-old me because I'm a 42-year-old man and I can do that. And, like, that would have been the moment I could have done it. <laughs> like, I could have just... I mean, I'd have gone to prison, but I, I could have just like, Hey, you're a 16-year-old kid. You don't get to talk to an adult like that and just, just, just pummel them. <laughs> I could have done that. Uh, it didn't occur to me as an option at the time, which is probably a good thing. And uh, even now, I'm not going to go back there and do it, just to be clear. That kid ends up pummeled. It was some other guy that he pissed off. But, uh, uh, yeah, that did occur to me. that Like, hey, I don't need to take that from a teenager. Uh, but it, 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 it was funny. <laughs> I mean, from guys that look like you, that, that's, that's a funny line. It's a funny line. He told his friends about that later. They, you got a laugh out of that. It's a good line. It's funny. He doesn't deserve success in life, but it was funny. And uh, uh, I gotta give him that. I gotta give him that. Made me laugh in hindsight later. Could have pummeled him, but it made me laugh. So, uh, so uh, kid, that was your pass. You didn't get pummeled. And you got a story to tell your friends, and I got a story to tell mine. Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, my ultimate review? Just keep playing Breath of the Wild. Oh, and, uh, and don't, don't beat up teenagers. So we're going to go from something that I only kind of like to something that I really, really loved. I don't have a lot to say about this. In the pictures that are going to go up on the internet, I don't even have a, a, an adequate representation of it. I'll probably use one of the recent movies in its place because I don't have the album that they put out yet. It's on the list, but I don't have a car, so I don't have it yet. 
Uh, I want to talk to you about the Muppets Mayhem. The Muppets Mayhem, the newest Muppets show on uh, on Disney+. Plus. It follows the Electric Mayhem, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, or just the Electric Mayhem if you've watched the show. Uh, it follows them around and you kind of... It, it tells the story of them doing their first album after 50 years of, of promising that they're going to do an album. They're finally doing an album. And uh, uh, it follows that story and them, you know, writing it and releasing it and stuff and dips back into the band's history and you get origin stories for most of its main characters. And uh, um, that's it. That's what Muppets Mayhem is. That's basically the story of it. It's the Muppets, it's the Mayhem uh, making their first album, finally, and going back into their history. That's what it is. Very simple concept. And it just works on all cylinders. It's a lot of fun. It's laugh out loud funny. It's adorable. It's cute. It's quaint. You know what? I like it so much, I'm not even going to give you any major spoilers. I will say a couple of small things that are a little bit spoilery if you just like being surprised by everything. Maybe skip ahead, but I'm not going to give you big plot points. I'm just going to say it was really charming, really fun. It was... I mean, the, the Mayhem characters, the Electric Mayhem characters, the one that you're most familiar with is Animal. Like, everybody knows Animal. Actually, Animal is the one part that of, of the, the whole thing that bothers me, because they do Animal's backstory, and, like, they just... My friend Kim put it, they're gaslighting us by not telling us that, like, Animal was in the Muppet Babies. He was canonically in the Muppet Babies, and they completely just don't mention that at all and have a completely different origin story for him. That part's a little frustrating, but if you view it as a Muppet multiverse or Muppetverse, as I like to call it, uh, you can, you can get through that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the characters in the, in the mayhem and the electric mayhem are not, not necessarily the best known characters in the Muppet universe, in the Muppetarium, whatever they're, they're, you recognize them. You might not know Zoot's name. You might not know Floyd's name. You might not know that his full name is Floyd Pepper. You might not know Janice's name. You might have missed Janice's name. You might not know Lips's name or that he's the Manamana guy. Uh, you know, kind of. It's, uh, you, you will recognize the characters, but you might not know them well. You learn a lot about these characters that you might not know as well as some of the other characters like your Kermit and your Peggy and your Gonzo, you dive into some lesser-known characters, and you get to know them, and you get the charm of those characters, and you get some deep dives into their history, and you get to meet new characters and, and stuff like that. There are some great cameos throughout the run of the show, uh, including an episode that, uh, minor spoiler, including an episode that involves directors both Kevin Smith and Peter Jackson in the same episode. I wonder if Kevin Smith ever thought that he'd share a credit with Peter Jackson. Uh, you know, that's kind of cool. And, like, that episode leans into uh, the kind of Beatles Get Back documentary that also aired on Disney, so they kind of throw, you know, some references to that. The show does a great job of throwing references that you know as an adult into this show that plays just as well to a kid as it does to an adult. The Muppets have done that for years, and they're still doing it. And uh, it's it's just wonderful. And there are some moments that, like, the last episode, last two episodes, really, kind of got me a couple of times emotionally. I was like, mm, mm, 
mm, oh, oh, that feels so nice, you know, <laughs> like a couple of times, just, I felt the heart kind of, kind of grow a little bit, and I felt, you know, I felt, I, I felt things in the last couple episodes of the show. Uh, I've read a couple criticisms that's a little bit too long at 10 episodes, uh, and honestly, the people that have said that aren't even necessarily criticizing it, they're just saying it. Uh, I didn't feel that as much as uh, some other people seem to be. Uh, possibly just I am on a different schedule with streaming stuff than other people are, but uh, I, I thought it worked. Every episode kind of focused in on its point, made its point, and and got its point resolved, and then you had a new episode. I thought it was very episodically well done in that way. Uh, and just a lot of fun. It's a Muppets project. It's fun. I, 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 I don't know what else to say about it. Some of the songs that they did, a, a lot of covers, you know, including a Who song, which made me happy. Uh, a lot of covers, but a couple of originals in there, too. And all those songs are stuck in my head now, man. It achieved its goal in that way. And it achieved its goal in just about every other way that I think it probably set out to. It was a beautiful show. It was a lot of fun. Made me happy. And isn't that really all you want from, from the Muppets? Isn't that all you expect is to have a good time and to walk away feeling a little bit happy? It did that. Of course it did. It's the Muppets. So check it out. That's it. It's the Muppets. Check it out. I just want to see you again. I don't know how to say that in a way that won't sound like I'm in this thing farther than you as I am. But I just want to see you again. Sometimes think I should just call. I get tired of We've got a little bit of music to talk about here in this episode as well. Just just two, two recent releases that uh, grab me in different ways. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is a much ballyhooed release, a big deal release for the for this year. It's it's like one of those records everybody's talking about. The newest one by Ed Sheeran, Subtract. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not an Ed Sheeran guy. I know a handful of songs. I think the only song of his that I've personally owned, uh, going into this year was the song that he did on the Hobbit soundtrack. Uh, I think in the second movie he did one of the songs, and, uh, even that he didn't write. But, uh, Ed Sheeran, I'm familiar with him. I, you know, know the radio hits. I enjoyed his cameo in the movie Yesterday. Uh, I, I, I know who the guy is, and I know how big of a deal he is, but I've just never dived in. I've never dived into his music. Dove in? I've never gotten into his music. Uh, and this year, he put out Subtract, but here's the thing. He was in that trial that you probably heard about, that uh, he was getting sued by... It wasn't the estate of Marvin Gaye, it was the estate of the other guy who uh, wrote Let's Get It On, uh, whose name has flown out of my head justifiably. Uh, the his That guy's kids uh, basically sued uh, uh, Ed Sheeran, saying that he stole part of, part of their dad's chord progression, and that it goes, you know, whatever chord progression it is. I think, like, I think it was, like, like G to... to F sharp under D, something like that. 
uh, and like uh, just a basic chord progression that everybody in the world has played a million times over, and they were like, this is a lot like that song, and, you know, we're mad at you, so give us money, basically. Fraudulent lawsuit. Like, I, I think we can say that at, that at this point without any comeuppance, and if so, then fine, I'll pull this episode if somebody asks me to, but fraudulent lawsuit. Uh, and, uh, he had to sit there in court and explain to people that, no, we've got, we've got 12 notes to choose from. We are out of combinations. They're the basic building blocks of music are these chords. And I played a combination that is exactly the same as everybody else has played for all of time, including, by the way, let's get it on. The estate of Marvin Gaye might owe uh, some money to the guy that wrote People Get Ready. Uh, he didn't say that. I said that. I've, you know, I love Marvin Gaye, but that, that chord progression is people get ready. Uh, and Marvin Gaye and, uh, the other guy who shall remain nameless because I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, they, they would have heard, heard that song. They would have known that song. Uh, so they're, they're at fault too. They're guilty too. Uh, yeah, the, the, the chords, like the basic structure of chords, that's foundational to music. What you do with them is what's important. You can... Five different artists use this, using the same three to five chords would churn out very similar chord progressions, but entirely different musical ideas and entirely different subjects and entirely different songs. But they would just be structurally using the same chords. That's how music works. That's the most basic crash course in music theory I could possibly give you. That's just how music works. And Ed Sheeran had to sit on on trial and explained that, and fortunately was believed, because if he hadn't been, then the entire music industry crumbles. Actually, you know what, I'm fine with the industry crumbling, but the entire point of anybody playing music, the entire practice of anybody playing music would crumble because he lost that case. So thankfully he won. And I'm, I'm no hyperbole there, that's what would have happened. Everybody would just, like I, Ed Sheeran loses that case, First of all, Ed Sheeran said that if he loses, he, he quits, he's done. If Ed Sheeran had lost that, that case, I probably would have started selling guitars, because it's fucking over. Nobody can write music anymore. It's just done. It's just done. If, if you can't use those basic building blocks, those basic 12 notes, if you can't use those 12 notes in a combination that has been used before, it's just fucking over. Everybody stop. But thankfully, common sense prevailed for once, and... Ed Sheeran got to keep playing music, and the estate of Bumblefuck got to fuck off, and that's everybody, you know, had a happy ending there, except for the estate of Bumblefuck. Uh, I've decided his name is Bumblefuck, apparently. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's... Again, I didn't swear in the last episode, so I'm getting it out now. Um, the verdict came out the day before... Ed Sheeran's new album was released. So I decided, you know what? I'm happy about that verdict. The right thing happened. I'm going to buy Ed Sheeran's new album and I'm going to listen to it. That guy, that guy's been through a lot this year. He deserves a good first, first day of sales. I'm going to pick up the album and I'm going to listen to it. Because, you know, I, I realize Ed Sheeran's rich and doesn't need my money and doesn't care about my money. He's fine no matter what happens with this album. But I... Just, I, I like the moral victory of Subtract being a, a really well-selling album, <laughs> you know? So I picked it up, and uh, I listened to it, and this is the first Ed Sheeran album I bought, and uh, I popped it in, and I went, oh, 
what have I been doing? I, I, I was supposed to like this guy. I don't know why. I, I think I heard that uh, I'm in love with your body and went, oh, this isn't my cup of tea. And then he had like a million other songs out there that were my cup of tea. And <laughs> several of them are on this album. Uh, the opening three songs of uh, just Boat, Salt, Water, and Eyes Closed, fantastic run. Fantastic run. I, I love those first three songs. Very strong opening to the album. It's a very kind of chilled out album. Very kind of relaxed. Not quite melancholy, but on its way there, it's it's in relaxed and maybe heading toward melancholy. Uh, a couple of upbeat moments. Uh, I bought the deluxe edition that has, what, three, four additional tracks, and I like those tracks as much as I do the rest of the album. Can't always say that either. This is my first Ed Sheeran album. Turns out that it's a good one. It's a pretty good starting place if you're not a fan. If, you, uh, if you're if you just a fan of court cases going the right way, it's a pretty good one to buy just on principle of that. But uh, if, you're, if, if you've wondered about the guy and you haven't dived in, maybe dive in with Subtract. It, it really did the job for me. Another album that really did the job for me is the new one by the new pornographers called Continue as a Guest. Uh, I've been familiar with the new pornographers, but I hadn't really, again, just hadn't really jumped on with them before. I, I actually have, uh, I think, all of the solo releases of like one of their main people, A.C. Newman. I have all of his stuff because I liked the song Prophets when it was used in How I Met Your Mother, however long ago that was. So I got into his solo career, but just never really dove in on the new pornographers. That's how you say it, dove in. Never really dove in on the new pornographers. Partially because when they were first kind of getting started and, and building their, their name and, and you know, had all the buzz, uh, I would have been like in Bible college and a minister and I can't walk around with new pornographers on my t-shirt when I'm you know doing hospital calls. You know what I mean? So I, I just kind of, you know, I, I, I thought, oh, there's a, there's a band that seems to be reasonably talented with a name that I just can't tell my friends about. Uh, so <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, w whatever. They'll probably be around for three albums and then never again. Uh, turns out in 2023, they're still doing stuff. And uh, so I bought this one. And I'll tell you, whatever I assumed they were, I was wrong. Because I knew, again, I, I knew A.C. Newman's stuff, and I'm familiar with uh, Nico Case as well. And so I don't know why, but because I knew those two people were in the band, but I just, you hear the new pornographers, and I just assume they're, you know, scuzzy bar music, just, you know, ugly, like, maybe punk, maybe gritty, bluesy stuff, I don't know. Whatever I thought they were, I was wrong, because they're not that. They're charming pop songs, kind of. They're excellent, beautiful pop music with... A little bit more depth than than what you think of as pop music, uh, sort of sort of velvet undergroundy in places, to be honest with you, and that's that's right in my wheelhouse. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive deeper with the new pornographers, but this is the first full album of theirs I've ever bought, and they've been around for a while, and they've they're they're well known. People people have nothing but good things to say about the new pornographers. First album of theirs I bought because. Somebody whose opinion I trust on Instagram said it was good. That's all it takes with me. <laughs> so I, I went out and I bought the album, and I have really enjoyed listening to it. It's a, I'll tell you this, it's a really good springtime listen. It's, they're writing wonderful rock music, and you should check out the new pornographers, continue as a guest. Uh, I don't, 
I don't have any songs to re really zero in on and say, oh, this is like this is the one. This is the one that you should you know that you should gravitate toward on this album. I just like all of them. I just really like this album. It's I mean, I'm sure this isn't the case, but to me, it's hit after hit. You know, <laughs> so check it out. New pornographers continue as a guest. One of my favorite releases I've picked up this year so far, and we're in May. The year's almost half over. One of my favorite releases I've picked up this year so far is the new one by the New Pornographers. Check it out. Absolutely worth your time. Check it out! Checkmates, that is that. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for this last uh, roughly hour, give or take. I don't know what this is going to look like after I edit it. Uh, but thank you for hanging out with me during this time. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate you making me a part of your week. Uh, again, hope you enjoyed the Fab 15 TV show themes the, the other week, the last episode that we did. I like to give a little bit more time for people to listen to those episodes, so I hope you don't mind that little pause in there. Uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun doing it. We're going to have a lot of fun doing our next one. Uh, if, if you haven't completed that one, I encourage you to do so. That was a good talk. Uh, but thank you for listening to this one, too. I, I really... I love being able to do this. I've, uh, I've had... I've had a rough several weeks. I've had an exhausting several weeks. And just kind of taking the time to sit down and just talk about stuff I like really kind of reframes my mood, and I appreciate having the opportunity to do that, and I appreciate having the venue to do that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, thank you for just allowing me to do this and, and to spend my time with it. I hope it's always uh, a good use of your time. I hope you feel better at the end of these things, too. Uh, or if you're really into Tears of the Kingdom... I hope that you're uh, so mad that you beat the game and then yell at me about how great the ending is, you know, and like spoil the ending for me. Tell me how great the ending is and how it completely wins me back, you know, like go ahead and do that. I hope, I hope it's very fulfilling for you. It just hasn't been for me up to this point. It just feels like Breath of the Wild and the stuff that I want to do and the stuff that I don't want to do really ruins it for me. But that's, that's where we are. That's where we are. We already talked about that. Sorry to rehash. Uh, to rehash more, I loved the Muppets uh, Mayhem, uh, and I liked the new albums by Ed Sheeran and the new Pornographers. If you skipped ahead to here, there you go. There's, <laughs> there's. If for some reason you decided to listen to the last four minutes of the podcast first, which my mother used to do with books. My mother used to read the end of a book before she read any of the rest of the book, and if she didn't like the ending, she didn't read the rest of the book. That was a habit that my mother had. Maybe you're like that with, with podcasts. Maybe you listen to the last four minutes and you go, ah, this guy sounds like he's full of shit, and you don't go back to the first uh, hour. But <laughs> who knows? Uh, if that's you, stop that. But I, I hope you found this part fulfilling. <laughs> I hope you found the summary useful. That's, that's what you get in the rest of the show. Uh, other than that, by the time we get back together for another episode, I will be 43 years old. I'm currently 42, uh, so I'm wrapping up. Uh, I'm wrapping up 42. Well, actually, you know what? I'm wrapping up my 43rd year technically, because uh, you're not 
you're not one on your first birthday. So, like, you've... You turn one because you've completed a year. So you're, I'm turning 43 because I've completed year 43. I'm not like 42 right now and year 43 starts. Like year 44 starts on May 29th of this year. So that's... Everybody out there, congratulations. You just got a year older thinking about that. Uh, so I'm, I'm wrapping up 42. I'm wrapping up... Fundamentally, the way we all view it, I'm wrapping up 42. I got to spend a year being the answer to life, the universe, and everything. But uh, I'm now going to... I'll be 43 the next time that we're together. Please feel free to send me your birthday wishes. I would appreciate that. Going to get together with the family here in the next uh, next little bit, and it'll, it'll be a good time. Thinking about buying myself something. I usually buy myself something. Problem is, this year it might be uh, it might be a new car, because uh, I, I really hate the one I'm in. It keeps, keeps being problematic. Um... But I might buy myself something fun. I don't know. I've got my eye on a couple of things. We'll see what happens. If I do, I'll tell you about it. If I don't, then I'll tell you about other things. That's the nature of this show. I just tell you about whatever I want to tell you about. Always pop culture. Usually pop culture. My birthday's coming up. Uh, hope everybody out there has uh, an excellent week ahead, or however long it is before we do this again. I plan on it being a week, but I plan on a lot of things that don't happen. Hope that you have an excellent time until you <laughs> hear the next episode, and that the next episode just makes your excellent time even more excellent. Uh, congratulations again to my friend Jim Moosley for his Eisner Award nomination. I'd like to think the episode of this show that we did together had a little something to do with that, even though it absolutely did not. But I appreciate Jim's patience in sitting here and talking to me when he when he did. Uh, want to do that again as soon as he wins the thing. I want to have him on again and just let him just just turn on the microphones and say go. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, checkmates, thank you so much for spending your time with me. Uh, please remember to do the wise things to keep yourself and the others around you healthy, happy, and safe. Please remember that black lives matter, that LGBTQIA plus rights are human rights, that women's rights are human rights, and I shouldn't have to tell you any of that. And please, be good to each other, be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Also, all the weapons being broken is stupid. <laughs> <laughs>